Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, we are not made to be losers, to be victims, to be defeated. That's why. That is so, that seems so awful to us is because it's completely contrary, especially saved people I'm talking about, born again people, is completely contrary to your spiritual makeup. God didn't make losers. <laughs> he made winners. Amen. Hallelujah. But now you got to do it his way. You can't just do your own thing. And expect him to back every wild idea that you come up with. You got, he's the Lord, not you. You go to him, find out what he said, submit to that, do that, and it will be blessed and it will prosper. Get your Bible, get something to make some notes with. Come on into the class. We've saved you a seat right here in the front. Come on into the classroom with us. And let's believe to get exactly what we need today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, asking you for uh, spiritual utterance, asking you for enlightenment of truth that makes free. And we'll give you the praise and we'll purpose to uh, hold on to it, respect it, and put it into practice. And as sure, surely as we do your word, you will watch over it and bring it to pass in our lives, and that will be miracles and wonderful things happening. Do it all to your glory, we pray. Get glory to yourself in our lives in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look again, please, in the, the great textbook, the Bible, at Mark, the eighth chapter. We are continuing in our study of faith for healing. Uh, like we said on yesterday, we've already previously covered 11 accounts, individual accounts of healing that are recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're down to number 12 today, the healing of the blind man at Bethsaida. And if, if you're just now joining us for the first time, uh, we're building on what has come before. And so it would, we believe it would greatly benefit you to go online to... Uh, faithschool.org, and uh, all of these previous lessons are available to you, no charge, no cost, and just take them one by one, and uh, the anointed word on the subject, it has a, a building, edifying effect on your inner man, and what it'll do is as your faith gets fed and built up, it will push fear out of you. It will displace. Have you ever noticed, I mean, if you, you had a glass with a little bit of milk or something in it, you know, or a lot of milk in it, you could just sit it under the faucet in the sink, turn the water on, and uh, you just walk away, and after a bit, there'll be no more milk in there. 
<laughs> Have you seen that? Have you noticed that? Why? Because when the water comes in, in the beginning, it's a mixture of water and milk. And then it's more water and less milk. And then it's mostly water and a little bit of milk. And then it's all water <laughs> and no milk. Why? Because the water kept coming in until it pushed out and displaced anything else that was in there. Well, the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the Word, doesn't it? And the regenerating of the Holy Spirit. So uh, there's a reason why we have this on a regular basis, on a daily basis, uh, on the broadcast, so that we can feed our faith regularly. And because if you just listen to what's in the world, it's not faith. It's fear. It's confusion. It's unbelief. It's blasphemy. It's lies. It's all kind of thing. And if you just hear that, then it, it'll be the opposite. It would be the, the glass full of something bad with no water in it, you know, because you got no water coming in. The bad stuff is going to sit there. And if it's uh, contaminated, then it's just going to uh, putrefy and it's just going to mold and slime and that kind of stuff. And, and that actually happens in people's lives. So you need to hear something good. Amen. The gospel is the good, right? Not good news, not bad news, good news. And you need to hear something good on a regular basis. Not just, you know, once every three months. You need to hear something good on a regular basis. That's why you need to be a part of a good church family. You need to go somewhere where you're fed well on a regular basis and where you can serve. And then the Lord has also provided a number of different ministries in the body uh, that you can feed on. We believe we're one of those. And we want you to take advantage of this. It's, it's no charge. It doesn't cost you anything except some time. And so uh, uh, you're here, so you must know some of that. So feed your spirit. And, and even if where you are today, if you're feeling, you know, a bit depressed or a bit unsure or a bit confused, that's because you still got a bunch of that mixture in there, right? Let's just keep pumping in the Word of God and faith until you will absolutely clear up. And there can be nothing left but bold, confident faith and joy and peace. Hallelujah. And you'll be a victory going somewhere to happen. Hallelujah to manifest. <laughs> Praise God. So um, like we said, get your, get your Bible and get, get, get some notes and come on in here and let's study this case and let it feed our spirit again. In Mark, the eighth chapter, we have seen uh, we began yesterday, verse 22, that they came, Jesus came to a place called Bethsaida. And they bring a blind man to him. And he besought him, they besought him to touch him. And so we see the, the area of help that friends and family and loved ones can be spiritually. You can't receive for an, another adult person just like you'd receive for yourself. I know I've said it before, but I, apparently it needs to be repeated because I have seen people absolutely quit going to church, quit praying, 
because they tried to believe for somebody else to receive something and it didn't happen. Well, you never had the right to do that. You know, if you were going to receive uh, something for somebody, the most important thing would be salvation. Right? The new birth. Save them from going to hell. You can't do that. Well, I'm, I'm claiming their salvation. What do you mean by that? What verse are you standing on? Do they have a free will or not? <laughs> it's quiet in the classroom. There are things you can do. You can uh, pray the Lord to send labors across their path. Somebody they'll listen to. You can ask the Lord, Lord, open their ears and their eyes and help them to see the truth. Lord, grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth so they can be saved and delivered. You can break the power of darkness over their life. You can command the enemy uh, to come off of their minds so that they can see. And like we said, Lord, send labors across their path and bring them to the point of receiving. And he will. He will. He will do it. The fog will come off of them. They'll be able to understand that they're lost, that they need the master, that he is the savior. He'll send somebody that they'll listen to. Could be somebody you never would have thought of. And they'll get right to the point to where now it's time to receive Jesus. He won't make them do it. And you can't. Did you hear me, class? You can't. This free will thing, it's for real. And God doesn't violate it. Someone says, well, what if they don't choose him? Then they won't. Now, as long as there's breath, there's hope. Amen. Right? So what do we do? We do it again. Right? We do, Lord, uh, give them another opportunity. Send labors across their path again. Uh, give, them another, uh, give them repentance again. And as long as there's breath, there's hope. And you keep expecting uh, them to hear it and see and receive. But no, you don't have the power to just receive something for somebody like you do for yourself. That includes a healing. That includes a deliverance. And so don't try to do something that's beyond you that you don't have a right to do and then get mad at God if it didn't work. Don't do that. Everybody okay with yes. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, there, are, there are things that are absolutely the individual's choice. And that's it. God's not going to violate it, and you can't. Uh, so they did help their friend, though, in this case, because they brought him to Jesus. And then they, be, they besought Jesus for him. Well, you can see prayer in this, can't you? They, they, you could say they prayed, you know, for him. Lord, touch him. Lord, minister to him. And you can pray that for your friends. Lord, minister to them. Now, they still got to receive it, right? Yes. Even as he would do it, they could reject it. But many times people won't. They'll receive it. So um, they besought him to touch him. And we talked about why. And he took the blind man by the hand. Well, he's touching him now, isn't he? Yeah. Took him by the hand and led him out of the town. Now, this is interesting. Why'd he do that? 
led him out of the town. I mean, that's not convenient. That's not time efficient, right? That means it's going to take longer to do this. And, uh, you know, they got to trust Jesus and they don't know him personally. And here's their friend and they said, would you touch him? And he said, I sure will. And he reaches over and grabs his hand and he said, we'll see you in a bit. And he touches it. <laughs> and, and I'm sure the blind man's going, where are we going? Where are we going? Just come on. Come on with me. And so here's where a lot of people would have messed it up. They're going to hold on. Uh, where are you taking him? What, what are you doing? No, you, you can just pray for him right here. <laughs> now y'all are laughing. But what would that be? That's a lack of trust. Can you see that? Yeah. If you can't trust him, that he's doing the right thing, taking your friend off, we don't know where, then how are you going to trust him to heal him? To minister healing to him? See, they're, they're one in the same. And um, I was reminded that this has happened repeatedly in this kind of situation. You don't have to turn there, but you know, uh, one of the prophets in 1 Kings 17, when a, a woman, her son had uh, uh, died, then uh, the prophet said, uh, give him to me, and took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft uh, into his own uh, room and shut the door. Well, you know, a lot of mothers wouldn't have been okay with that. Right? They'd have been like, whoa, 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 where are you going? Well, I'm coming too. No, no, you're not. You stay here. Can you see? That wouldn't have worked with a lot of people. Why? Fear? Well, why fear? No trust. Can you see that? No trust. Well, if you can't trust him to do that, how are you going to trust him for the healing? Because they, they, they go together. And uh, it happened again, Second Kings, with, uh, that was Elijah we're talking about, and this was Elisha, said uh, uh, he told the woman uh, that the creditors were coming to take her sons, that to go borrow the vessels, not a few, and when you come in, shut the door on you and your sons, and then pour out. Well, why do that? I mean, if it's going to be a great miracle, why not do it in the town square? Right? Where everybody can see it and be, you know, be thrilled with what God is doing. Uh-uh. No. There's a reason why he said, go to the house. Y'all get inside and shut the doors. Why? Why? That's what we're talking about. Why did Jesus take the man by the hand and lead him not around the corner, <laughs> out of town? <laughs> they kept going. Until they got to where it said, you know, you are leaving Bethsaida right there. <laughs> City limits of Bethsaida. <laughs> Just him and the man grabbed him by the hand. Why? Why do that? <laughs> you know, we saw this uh, uh, Jairus' daughter. You remember that? That when, uh, when they got to the house, we studied this one already some time back, that there was a great uh, bunch that were mourning and crying and doing all these things. And the Bible said in Mark 5, 40, he put them all out. He put them all out. 
Well, if you're wanting to just show everybody how real God is and show up their unbelief and straighten them out, you wouldn't do that. You'd say, well, just watch. Just stand right there and watch. (laughs) Wouldn't you? You wouldn't put them out. Why put them out? Why? And see, back up. We're here in Mark 8. Well, back up to the previous one we just studied in Mark 7. And we saw in Mark 7, 31... We just studied this a a few weeks ago. He departed from the coast of Tyre and Zidon and he came to the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. Like we said, this city Bethsaida, we think, is on the north shore of this Sea of Galilee. It's that same area. Why does he keep telling us about this area? I'll just skip ahead and say there was serious unbelief in this area. There was serious disrespect for the Lord and his ministry. And there were a number of people that had not received him and the message. And so when they brought this man, verse 32, they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech and beseech him to put his hand upon him. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Verse 33, he did what? Took him aside from the multitude and ministered to him. He took him away from the crowd. Why? And here we see even even more. He didn't just take him away from the crowd. He took him out of town. Grabbed him by the hand and said, okay, come with me. And he took him all the way out of the city limits before he uh, started ministering to him. This is something we need revelation of. Spiritual environment matters. Hmm? Y'all with me, class? Say it out loud. Spiritual environment environment matters. If Jesus could have ministered to the man just as effectively in the midst of this group as out of it, he would have done so. Y'all with me? And if Jesus couldn't minister to the man effectively in this group, what about you and I? Right? Will we be affected? This is Mark 8. We just got through reading Mark 7. We'll just back up one more to Mark 6, and you see how all this flows together. In Mark 6 and verse 2, when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is is this which is given to him, and even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joses, and of Judah and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Basically, they're saying, where do, where do you think he got all this? I mean, who is he saying he's anointed? We know him. He's a carpenter. And he's standing up saying he's anointed. That the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled in him here today. They didn't like it. They didn't like it. So what happened? Verse 4, Jesus said to them, A prophet's not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. We say it like this, A prophet has honor, except at home. (laughs) What do you mean? 
Well, why would that be? People that know you. People that know you after the flesh can have a tendency to judge you after the flesh and not see the spiritual. Just see the flesh, the natural, and not see the spiritual. But everybody comes from somewhere, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what the scripture says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now I know that, that doesn't sound like it to us, but he didn't say Christ from heaven. Huh? Christ denotes him being the anointed one. Jesus refers to his humanity. That was his name. Or, you know, the Hebrew version would be Yahashua, or we say Joshua. It's the same. I know that sounds strange. People say, Jesus is the same as Joshua? Yeah. In the same King James Bible, it's translated interchangeably. <laughs> but, it'd be, but it's like saying how God anointed Bob from Smithville. Because it's, it's emphasizing his humanity. And of course, we've already talked about that. Does God need to be anointed? No, he's the anointer. But men and women have to be anointed for there to be manifestations of the Spirit like this. And Jesus had to be anointed. It says, verse uh, 5, and he could there do no mighty work. Now, religion will say, he chose not to. But that's not what the Bible said. How many can read the Bible here? Did it say he chose not to do mighty works there? What did it say? Is it true that Jesus couldn't get substantial miracles in his own hometown because of their unbelief? Is it true or not? Can you see that? Mark 6, 5. <laughs> Is everybody with me now? Yes. Do you know why I'm, I'm being methodical like this? Because see, tradition and religion preaches something entirely different. That Jesus is the Son of God, and He is. And that He could heal whoever He wanted, whenever He wanted. Not true. Not true. Not what the Bible says. And that Jesus, you know, He healed to prove His deity. And who he was. Well, this would have been the perfect opportunity to do that. Right? In, a, in an area where people didn't believe in you. Right? This in your own hometown. This would be the per. Okay, let me show you that I am who I am. Bring a bunch of blind people. Bring a bunch of deaf people. Bring a bunch of lame people here and watch. Just stand back and watch. Jesus never did that. That's not what he did. In fact, he was affected substantially by the spiritual environment of the area. Was he or not? Yes. On this occasion, in his own home, town, and area, he was severely limited as to what he could minister because, are, are you reading the scripture? Verse 6, he marveled at their unbelief because of their unbelief. How do you fix that? And he went round about the villages teaching. How does faith come? It comes by hearing. So he went round about the villages trying to teach them, 
trying to get faith into them because unbelief was seriously limiting the ministry. Say it out loud. Unbelief. Unbelief. Seriously. Seriously. Limited Limited. the ministry ministry. of Jesus. Jesus. And if it limited his ministry, it sure limits yours. The servant's not above his master. Right? Which is why it's necessary to teach and preach. Not just... uh, you know, theory and, and moral regard and that kind of thing, but to preach the anointed word that produces faith so that we can have healings Amen. and miracles, right? Yeah. The, the, the miracles and healings don't come first. The teaching and preaching and the anointing and the hearing and the faith comes. And then when the faith is acted on, you see the healings. And the deliverances. And that's why the scripture said more than one time. It says the people came to hear him. And to be healed. Do you hear that that sequence? To hear him. And to be healed. Say it out loud. Hear. Hear. And be healed. healed. See it's not be healed and then hear. It's hear. And be healed. So this is why. Jesus took the man by the hand. And got him away. And apparently, he wanted him even away from his friends. Right? Everybody. And I have, I have seen this. I, I had the privilege of working in what we called a healing school, uh, teaching and preaching on this subject for uh, over a period of years, actually. And, and I could, I've seen that over and over, that while people were with us, they were making progress, and then they'd go back home, and they'd get back into the tradition and unbelief and junk and even lose ground that they had gained, spiritual environment makes so much difference. And there are some cases that in order for people to be healed and to receive, they need to get away from other people and other influences and churches. Because there are some churches, you know, you could come to faith school and get built up and you go back to that church and them tell you that healing's passed away and mm. not of God and all that kind of thing. Well, see, can you see you're, you're pulled like this and you get, you, you're, you're getting encouraged in this and you go hear that and go, well, then maybe that's not true. Well, see, uh, you, you're, you're wavering. Can you see that? And that's when the scripture said, don't, don't think that you would receive. And so there are numerous cases where individuals, they have to get out of that spiritual environment. They got to get away from that influence in order to receive, in order to get free. And uh, that's not always easy. And there's a lot of times people, they will cling to what they know and to the tradition until they perish. That has happened so many times. But thank God for truth. Somebody say, the truth truth. will make you free. free. Not everybody wants it, but if you want it, you can have it. It can separate you from people, but that's all right in time to come. Maybe you can help them. Maybe they can get some light and come back. (laughs) Our time's up again today. Say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith giving glory 
to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.